easier, but it's got a laser on it. So if no, if none of you guys are paying attention, you're gonna get one of those. But oh yeah, and Troy forgot to mention for the praise on the river thing, he volunteered our church to pick up trash afterwards. So yay! <laughs> But if I was to ask you this morning, what is the most important thing in your life? How would you answer that question? How would you answer, what is the most important thing in your life? Now, don't respond out loud or anything. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. You know, my tools, my truck, I, I mean my wife, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I think we know what the right answer should be. God family, friends, job, education. But the truth is, is what is most important to us will always be shown by the way that we live our life. How we live will show everybody, even us, what is most important to us. And the point of me asking this question today is I really want to make everyone feel guilty and uncomfortable. Is it working? Anybody? No, I'm just kidding. Really, the point of me asking this question this morning is this is really something that I've been thinking about lately. Something that I've been asking myself. Because I would say if somebody asked me, Joe, what's most important to you? I would say, well, Jesus and my family would probably be like at the top of my list. But honestly, if I look at my life right now, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I've been evaluating how I spend my time and what I give my thoughts to, what I give my energy to. How much quality time have I been making for my family? And I'm not really talking about just my wife and kids. I mean, how often do I call my mom, who lives in Ottawa, Canada, I'm not Canadian, but my mom lives in Ottawa, how often do I call her? She might be watching right now. Hi, mom. Everybody say, hi, Joe's mom. <laughs> But, but I don't call her hardly ever, not as much as I could. That's right, Pam. Yes, call your mothers. <laughs> but my dad lives 25 minutes away on the Illinois side of the river, and I haven't seen him for like three months. Talk to him, but I haven't seen him for three months. My sister, who lives over in Moline, I like my sister. I love my sister. We get along great, but, but I usually only see her a few times a year. And when it comes to Jesus, honestly, I give a very small percentage of my day that is completely devoted to him. Very small percentage. And it's not like I don't have any time to give. I wish I could say that I didn't. I wish I could say, like, I, didn't, I just don't have any time, but, but I do. Because most nights, I sit down and watch about an hour of TV before bed or scroll through Pinterest looking for new project ideas. I have time. But the truth is, my life doesn't always reflect what I want it to. And I think it's important for people. I think it's important for us to stop and ask ourselves, what is most important to us, especially if we would say we're followers of Jesus Christ. What is most important in my life right now? And even now, let's just take a moment. Answer that question. Maybe write down your thoughts. Maybe text them to yourself. There's space in your bulletin if you grabbed a bulletin or a pen. So, so just, just 
take a moment, think about it, write it down, text yourself. Let's just take one minute and do that. What is most important in your life right now? What would be on your list? How would you order those things? So you've all probably have something, you have somewhat of a list, but before we go any further this morning, I just want to take a moment and pray. So Father, I just ask you right now to be with us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would be close. Lord, I just ask that you would fill this room. In Jesus' name, amen. And so I know for many of us, we would put God at the top of our list. We would put him as first of importance, especially while we're sitting in church right now, right? We kind of feel like God's like looking over our shoulder like, hey, uh, I should be at the top. <laughs> but I mean, we can't read the teachings of Jesus and come to the conclusion that he should be second, third, or fourth place in our lives. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And so to be clear, Jesus isn't saying that our families or our jobs or our well-being shouldn't be important to us. He's not saying they shouldn't be important to us. What he is saying is that they shouldn't come before him. Because the things in our life, our family, our friends, money, job, social media status, can't and never will be able to fully meet our deepest need. Those things cannot meet the deepest need in us. That's why he says some of those hard things about following him. That's why he said this, because he loves us. He cares about us. He knows what's best for us. He understands how we were created. He understands that, that people and stuff cannot fill the deep place in our hearts. I heard this analogy from a friend once, and it was in my early years of following Jesus, and I don't know if he came up with this or if it was somebody else, but he said uh, that we were all created with a God-shaped hole in our heart. We were all created with a God-shaped hole in us. And the only thing that can fill that hole, the only thing that can fill that space is God himself. And the thing is, is that oftentimes we try to fill that hole with people or things, but it doesn't work. When we do that, it's like trying to put toothpaste back into the tube, right? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And we find that out. You see, nothing can ever replace the space that Jesus is supposed to have in our heart. But so often we do try to fill that space with people or things, don't we? We do, all the time. And the thing is, is that we give that space, what we give that space to, will become the foundation of our life. 
it will be what we really build our life around. What is most important to us will become our foundation. That's just a true statement. It just is. And the most important things in our life will form our foundation. And what Jesus thinks is that if he isn't number one to us, this is straight from the thoughts of Jesus, okay? I didn't come up with this. Jesus thinks that if he isn't number one to our lives, our lives will be built on an unstable foundation. He puts it this way in Matthew 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And you see, this is really how this thing shapes out. I got a little example here, okay? So let's just say that this Jenga game, we all know Jenga, right? Let's just say that this is our life, okay? And if we build our life upon people and things and give them the highest place of importance, our lives will become less steady. And so when the rain and wind of life comes and crashes against our foundation, it will stand or fall depending on what our foundation is built on. And so maybe our foundation, you know, is built on, I don't know, financial security. This is what we build our foundation on. And so when the economy is not great, like right now, I think we're all starting to feel the effect of inflation, or we're either in a recession or on the verge of recession, depending on what news outlet you decide to listen to. And so the company we work for might be thinking about doing a little downsizing. Or you're in college right now and you're going to get a certain degree and you're not sure if when you get out of college that you're actually going to be able to get any kind of a job. Or right now, you're in a position where you're trying to decide between putting gas in your car or putting food on the table. Or, let's just say, hypothetically, you just put $600 in your 200 or 2011 GMC Sierra pickup truck, and you're driving down the highway, and a rock flies up and smacks your windshield, and now you have to pay 70 more dollars, and then on top of that, you just put $2,000 to give your dog surgery who had cancer, your Siberian Husky, again, just hypothetically, and then, oh yeah, $200 gets stolen out of your pickup truck. The $200 you were going to use to pay your good buddy who you bought lumber from. And so your savings is starting to dwindle a little bit. <laughs> a 
Of course, these are just hypothetical scenarios, right? <laughs> or you see if we put people as the most important thing in our life, but, you know, someone maybe gets sick. Oh, boy. Or people let us down. Someone leaves us. Maybe your kids are the most important thing in your life, but they're kind of being hard to deal with right now. None of the kids in this room, of course, just other kids. And you see how unsteady our foundation is becoming when we build our life around people and things. And you see, life doesn't care that we feel burdened. Life doesn't care that we're already unsteady. No, it just keeps piling up on us. It doesn't give us a chance. Uh-oh. Like you get sick. Or you ate good all week. You ate good all week and you exercised and you still put on a few pounds. <laughs> or bad news, guess what? You need a new roof on your house. Or you just got grounded for something that your sibling did. Or you bought a junk car and that thing is nickel and diming you to death. Or you just got home from a long day at work and your husband is kind of being a jerk. I mean, probably somebody else, not me. And so you get in a huge argument, right? Or your Instagram picture got a few unpleasant comments or your Xbox broke or your ex got, just got a hot new somebody else and they're posting all the pictures on social media right now. And you see, your Amazon account just got hacked, whatever it is, and you see life just keeps coming and keeps piling up and eventually we can't bear the weight any more that was supposed to fall. It's all right, Jesse. Thanks, buddy. Actually, can somebody come up here and pick up this mess? No. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's, it's okay, Jesse. Thank you. It's okay, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, pal. All right. However, however, if we build our foundation on Jesus, right? It's going to be a steady, solid foundation. You see, life can't take anything away from this foundation. Life can't take anything away from this foundation. And so if your foundation in life has failed you, watch this, Jesus can begin to rebuild your life. Jesus will pick up all the broken pieces of our life and he will put them on solid ground. Come on, you guys with me? Can we get an amen? Somebody better start clapping because this, this, this rock's gonna, <laughs> right? And no matter what life throws at us, no matter what life throws at us, nothing is gonna take away from this foundation. If this is Jesus, nothing is going to be able to look. There's nothing to grab. You can't poke holes in this. And so no matter what happens, no matter what happens in life, our life will be built on solid ground when we build it on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And you see, the wind and the waves can come against us. 
all those things can happen in our life. And this foundation isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You see, this is what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's talking about. That no matter what happens in life, no matter what we go through, if we build our foundation on Jesus Christ, it will be solid. It will be steady. You guys with me this morning? Don't make me start using the laser. I'll start calling people out. <laughs> and now this is only an analogy, right? It's just, it just provides an example. I'm sure that we could poke holes in this example and all of that stuff, but it's, I, I think it's a very accurate example of what life is really like. We can choose to build our foundation on people and things and all of this other thing, stuff, and, and it will crash. Or we can choose to build our foundation around Jesus Christ, and it's going to be strong. You see, friends, God created things for us to enjoy. He surrounds us with people and gives us good gifts for enjoyment. And so I'm not saying not to love people or that we shouldn't have good, healthy relationships. I'm not saying that at all. I'm also not saying not to be fiscally responsible, like having a job if you can or save money. What I am saying is that those things were never supposed to take the place of God in our hearts. You see, this has been the problem since the beginning of humanity, since the creation of the world that we read about in the book of Genesis, when human beings tried to replace the creator, the eternal holy God, with the created things. You see, God created things, and what we tried to do is replace the creator with those created things. We gave up the ever-present, everlasting God for what? Food. We, don't all, we hardly ever hear about it. It was a piece of food that we traded God for. A thing, something we thought would satisfy us. And this is the struggle within us. And we all struggle with this because, because it's really sneaky. We don't often recognize when God is being slowly replaced in our hearts. We don't often recognize it. But we recognize the symptoms of it. We begin to get anxious, stressed out, depressed, worried, angry, frustrated, why isn't life working out the way that I want it to? And you see, our life's foundation becomes unstable and it starts to shake and it feels like we're gonna crash. I mean, aren't the things, the things in our life, the stuff that causes us the most pain, the most stress, the most anxiety, don't we often spend so much of our time worrying about the safety of our things? how we're going to take care of those things? Don't we spend the most time worrying about the people in our life, our stuff, our jobs, our houses, how we're going to pay this or that debt? Absolutely. You see, Jesus said where your treasures are, there your heart is also. Where you put your treasures, your things, your treasure is the thing that's most important to you. We're all kind of pirates like that, <laughs> right? Our treasure is most important to us. That's the most important thing. 
And you see, our treasure is what's, what, what we will start to build our life around, the thing that's most important to us. So what do we do? How do we build our life upon Jesus, putting him as the number one in our life? Well, I mean, the answer is kind of simple, and it's also kind of complex. I mean, there are things that we can do daily, right? Obviously, spending time with Jesus. I mean, you know, we say this all the time, but if we're only spending a small fraction of our days and weeks and months and years actually with Jesus in the presence of God, trying to get to know him, doing good, healthy spiritual habits, this this just ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. Just like if someone was to come up to us and ask us, you know, how do you think we should get in shape? We all know the answers, right? Eat right and exercise. We know the right answers. We know that we should be reading our Bibles and praying and spending time with God and doing all of these good, healthy, spiritual things, but it's the doing it that's important. It is. I mean, it's basic, it's simple. I mean, I wish that just by knowing the right answers, things would just happen. I wish that I knew just by me knowing like, oh, I should exercise and eat right. And all of a sudden, like I'm like, you know, six pack abs and just, you know, super fit. But it doesn't work that way. I got to do something about it. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter if I know the right answers or not. It doesn't matter how long I've been a Christian for or, or how long I've been following God. If we're not putting it into practice in our everyday lives, it's not going to work. We have to put in the time and put in the work, friends, to get the results. And when we're not doing those things, I hope we understand why we're not getting results. As a pastor, I've heard this so many times. You know, I've went to church and I try to follow Jesus, but it just doesn't work. Well, yes, it does. It absolutely does. Are you putting the work in? And so we have to do the daily, everyday practice and habits that will actually help us to build our foundation on Jesus. But there's another element to this, and that is a little harder to do. And that is surrendering our things and our treasures to God. Surrendering our things and treasures to God. You see, this is something that many people rarely are able to do. It's just true. But it's one of the most important things that we can do. I mean, our tendencies are to hoard, to keep our stuff. Often our prayer lives are asking God for stuff asking God for more treasures, asking him to protect our treasures, right? Think about it. Most of the time, we're just asking God for more treasure, more stuff. Please help me to get a better job. Please help me to fix my car. Please help me with my debt. Please help me with this or that relationship, which are all good things to be asking God for, but do we ever take the time to surrender our treasures to him, to give him the things that we feel are most important in our life? Jesus said to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him, and we will find life. Deny means to deny. Deny means to surrender. Are we surrendering our things to him? And the only way we can, we can deny ourselves and find this life is to surrender our treasures, our everything to God. And right now, we may feel ready to give this stuff up, right? 
We might be having an emotional response in us and again thinking like, oh yeah, I can give that up. You see, surrendering is a constant thing that we must do. You know, I've given up things in the past and all of a sudden I find myself again being drawn to putting these things again as my foundation. Surrendering is something that we constantly have to do. I mean, don't, (laughs) my advice this morning would be don't get spiritual cockiness and think we got this figured out because it's a constant thing. It's a constant thing we have to do. We have to humble ourselves if we want this to work. And it's no easy task. It really isn't. Surrendering is not easy. It's easy to say, yeah, I surrender, but it's really hard in practice. You see, God, because he knows it's hard, he will help us to surrender our treasures to him. He will help us, but we have to go beyond lip service and say, God, I give you this, but really we're kind of trying to hold on to it. I mean, what if God right now told you to surrender your relationship that you're in and break up with someone that you've been dating? That treasure that you hold, that person in your life, that most important. What if God's like, that's not good for you. I want you to give that up. Would you surrender that to him? It's a little bit harder in practice. You see, God has a different view of dating and who we should date than we think. Would we say, all right, God, I'm going to surrender this to you? What if God right now told you to surrender your finances to him, empty your savings, and give it away? Your precious retirement, your precious savings, would we surrender that to God? It's our treasure, right? We think that's crazy. But would we surrender that to God? What if God told you to surrender your fancy job and your house and your comfortable life and he said to downsize, maybe to give up your reputation and your position of power and start helping those in need? What if God said, I want you to give up your position in life and I want you to go away to some other place and work with the poorest of the poor? What if God said that? Would we surrender that to him? Will we say, okay, God, I surrender that? Or would we try to hold on to our reputation? What if God told you to quit spending time for self-care? Stop spending so much time on yourself. Stop spending so much time on TikTok and on YouTube and doing these pointless things day after day. What I want you to do is I want you to become a foster parent and I want you to become a foster parent of maybe somebody with special needs. God, I'll surrender. Will we say, God, I surrender your, my time? Then you said it, God, I'll surrender. It's a little harder in practice. And right now, I think maybe some of these are hitting home for some of us. I don't know. I have faith that God led me to write these specific examples down. I have, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. But I think it might be hitting home for us. And we might start to make excuses right now, right? Like, God wouldn't tell me to do that. I'm just a new Christian. Like, God wouldn't tell me to stop quit my job or do any of this. God wouldn't say that or, or God wouldn't say to give up my savings. I mean, that's, that's insane, right? And my question would be, why not? Why not? Why wouldn't God tell us that? I mean, he's asked other people to do that stuff, right? 
So why not us? Why wouldn't he tell us to do that? It's too extreme. The Bible is full of stories about God calling ordinary people to leave their treasures behind, surrender their life to him, and follow him. Full of stories. Think of Abraham. Right? Right in the book of Genesis, I think chapter 12 through 25, God calls Abraham and says, I want you to sacrifice your one and only son, your treasure to me, because he's getting in the way of your, 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 your desire for him is disordered. Insane, right? But God asked him to do it. Obviously, God didn't make him go through with it. But God was testing Abraham. Why wouldn't God say that? Look at the story of Moses and David and Ruth and, and the story of Jesus' mother, Mary. I mean, God always asks people to surrender their life, surrender their treasures, surrender the things that are most important to him and follow him. Why wouldn't he tell us to do the same thing? It's the same God, right? Amen. It's the same Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, y'all. Like he's going to call us just like he called them. And when we start taking this stuff seriously, he's going to ask us to do some pretty crazy things. I know this is hard. I understand. Again, these are all things that I think about and go through myself. I have to say, how serious am I about this stuff? It's not just about you. It's also about me and every other person who follows Jesus. We have to think about what are our treasures and are we willing to surrender them? This is where really the rubber meets the road. This is where we put our money where our mouth is. This is where we stop talking about it and start being about it, right? This is challenging. I know that, but it's not anything that I don't challenge myself with. I'm no different than you guys. You see, remember... God isn't asking us to surrender, to take life away from us, but to give life to us. We think, how terrible would my life be if I had to give all of these treasures up? But no, God's saying, no, it would be better for you. It would give you life. A guy named A.W. Tozer, he wrote a book called The Pursuit of God years ago, like in the 1940s, and I think he, it really sums up what I'm talking about this morning. He says, there can be no doubt that this possessive clinging to things is one of the most harmful habits in life because it is so natural, it is rarely recognized for the evil that it is, but its outworkings are tragic. We are often hindered from giving up our treasures to the Lord out of fear for their safety. This is especially true when those treasures are loved relatives and friends. But we need have no such fears. Our Lord came not to destroy, but to save. Everything is safe, which we commit to him, and nothing is really safe, which is not committed. Let that soak in for a minute. How true is that? You guys feeling that? It's so true. You see, to truly have a life built upon Jesus is a constant act of surrender, naming the things in our life that has taken God's place in his rightful position of king of our heart. What is taking God's place in your life right now? And we have to say, Lord, you know, I give you my, I give you my kids. 
Jesus. I give you all of the worries and all of the fear that I have about them. I give them to you and I put them on you, Lord. Lord, I give you my job. I give you my, my own security, my own financial security, Lord. I take it and I put it on you. I give it to you, Lord. Lord, I, I, I give you my things, my house, my, my everything, God. I give it to you. I give you my very life, Jesus, and we put it on him. You see, we have to have courage right now to name things one by one and give them to God. You see, I believe that this is the path to the promised land, to the peace that the Bible talks about. This is the way to have a stable, steady life. Surrender is the way to growing more and more in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen? We have to surrender if we want this, if we want the good life that Jesus promised. You see, Jesus is working. Jesus is always working. Always working. Jesus didn't fail. Jesus isn't wrong about what he said. Jesus is, is, is going to give us and make our life better, but we have to meet him in, in our surrender to him. We have to lay this stuff down. I want to read one more quote by A.W. Tozer. His name sounds kind of like a wizard, doesn't it? A.W. Tozer. <laughs> Can you tell what book I've been reading lately? <laughs> and then this morning, I just want to spend a little time doing some holy business with God. I want to give us some space. I want to take a few moments in God's presence processing this, thinking about it, what is in our life that we need to surrender because it's only by God himself that we're actually going to be able to do that. I don't want this to be an emotional response. I don't care like necessarily if you go away and you're like, oh, that felt really good, right? I want something to be real in us. I want something to happen that's real and the only way that's going to happen is through the Holy Spirit. But here's what A.W. Tozer says. The person who has God for their treasure has all things in one. Many ordinary treasures may be denied them, or if they are allowed to have them, the enjoyment of them will be so tempered that they will never be necessary to their happiness. Or if they must see them go one after one, they will barely feel a sense of loss for having the source of all things they have in one, all satisfaction, all pleasure, all delight. Whatever they may lose, they have actually lost nothing, for they now have it all in one. And they have it purely, legitimately, and forever. Does anyone here want that? Do you want that life? Anyone? Four of you? <laughs> That's all right. Let's go. Come on. Do you guys want this life? Make a little noise. Come alive. This is a good thing. Think about it. We can lose it all, but not lose anything at all. We can lose it all and not lose anything at all because we have in one, in God, all sor the, the source of all happiness, all joy, all pleasure of life, all in God. 
We'll be able to lose things and not look at it as a loss. We'll be able to grieve well, right? When we lose people in our life, we'll be able to grieve well. Not have our life come to devastating ends. When somebody maybe breaks up with us or, or leaves us or whatever it is that we're going through, we, we'll be able to grieve those losses properly. Yes, I know that I lost this thing, but God, I surrender it to you because you're my source. You're my foundation. You see, friends, to get to this spot in our walk with Jesus and to truly make him number one, we have to allow God to do the deep work of examining our hearts and evaluating our life. We really have to surrender our treasure to him. This is the way to have a full vibrant, abundant life that Jesus Christ said we could have. But this is going to take courage. You see, we, like Tozer said, we, we don't want to give up things out of fear for their safety, but this is going to, so it takes a little bit of courage here. But the best thing is, is we don't have to do it alone. This is what the Holy Spirit wants. The Holy Spirit will help us in this moment. The Holy Spirit will give us strength. The Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus said is the counselor, the one with wisdom, the one that will guide us into truth. And so if, if, if that's us, if we're really kind of thinking about it, all we can really do is take a moment right now and say, come Holy Spirit. Let's just do that. I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but, but, but sometimes like just getting into a posture of surrender what we do with our bodies sometimes are outward expression of an inward reality. And so maybe for you it's kneeling. Maybe for you it's standing up and putting your hands up. Maybe it's just sitting right where you are and putting your hands out. But if you're ready to start surrendering these things over to God and giving them to him, I invite you to close your eyes, get into a posture of surrender Just take a moment. For me, this is my favorite one right here, and I'm kind of tired of standing, so. We're just going to take a moment in absolute silence. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, move in this place right now. Jesus, we give to you, and, and just go ahead and name it. You don't have to say it out loud unless you want to. Just what is it that you need to surrender right now? Holy Spirit, I just give to you this moment. We want to surrender, God. We want to surrender our life to you. Would you please help us, Jesus? Lord, meet us in this moment. Give us the courage, God. 
I just really feel kind of a sense of fear kind of moving through the room a little bit. What does it mean if I give these things up to God? Is he going to turn my life into a country song? <laughs> but remember, everything is safe with him that is committed to him, that we give to him. Just let it get awkward. Embrace the awkwardness. Let it get uncomfortable. These are the daily habits and the daily practice that we have to start getting in the habit of doing if we want to see this, if we want to see our life become what Jesus said it could become. God, break the hardness off of our heart even now. And so we're going to move into...